Welcome to Life's Lemonade Unfiltered. We are two moms who are neighbors and friends doing a podcast from the closet. In this podcast, we're getting real about life, kids, womanhood, and all the stuff in between. So buckle up, Buttercups, and join us on this roller coaster. Welcome back, Lemon Drops. We're back another week. We're back after a little week break. And you'll be understanding why as you listen to the sound of my voice. I'm still getting better from... I was knocked out cold from this whatever cold it was turned into sinus infection. Yeah. And I actually have like a ruptured eardrum because of it. So I can't hear fully out of my right ear. I feel like it's going around. I'm just waiting for... I know. I'm sure it's coming for us. Well, it's just a matter of time. I'm over here coughing up in front of you. So, and yeah, Gigi's still getting over it. We're all getting over it. With my little hiatus, I figured I would kind of wrap my brain up around me finally getting to sharing the trip I went on. Yeah, the trip. (laughs) The trip of the century. So I want to preface this with, now I'm not an expert. I don't know too much about it. I know enough that I was brave and daring to do something, maybe almost a little blindly, but I have felt called to do this. Like I, I've known about it, but I, it was like in the back of my mind. And yeah. Have you ever known someone personally to do it? Um, only a little bit before I actually reached okay. out. What I'm talking about here is ayahuasca. And for anyone that doesn't know what it is, it's a completely foreign word to your mm-hmm. vocabulary psychedelic plant medicine that comes from the Amazon and it's a mixture of a vine and another vine. Um, and they both contain different ingredients that when you mix them together, create this psychedelic that not only allows you to go really deep into your subconscious, but allows you to relive or experience your traumas that you've dealt with in the past. So the, what I know of the main two plants, one contains DMT and one contains MAOI, which is like a like an inhibitor of okay. some sort. All those two vines are boiled for I don't know x amount of hours, depending on where it's coming from in the Amazon and the tradition it comes from. It's cooked for longer or shorter periods of time, so it, they're cooked and then you get this brew out of it, and the brew is what you drink in order to start your your ayahuasca experience or your trip so you can't get it here in the u.s anywhere do people grow it here now not like, that i know of I the can't. only place that i know they grow it um some is was transported by tim leary who was a psychedelic like enthusiast back in the hippie days and he happened to be able to transplant some from the amazon into hawaii somewhere i don't know where it is hmm. but yeah Interesting. but it's there so um, that's the only place that I know of in the States that it's grown, but it's probably super hush-hush. Yeah. It's still not legal to do within the States unless you find a quote-unquote church. I have this old neighbor that was posting kind of different things, and I and it came to my head. And I don't know why, when I finally got to the point where I was like, I'm ready to find, you know, I've been doing all this therapy work, and I've been hitting some roadblocks, and I've been really in dark places in the last six months that I'm like, finally, I was finally ready to do something drastic. So I was ready to, to explore this because, um, I've only done, I've only done, um, psilocybin once and it was a very therapeutic thing for me. But even the way I experienced that was a completely different thing. 
I can't even, it's like apples to oranges now in comparison. Yeah. I was just ready to like get in there and figure out the stuff. So I reached out to this person and I said, do you by any chance know anywhere here that I can find a place that will do an ayahuasca ceremony? And he was like, yeah, actually I just did my first one. And I'm like... So you did the same one you did? Yeah. So I was like, can you send me the info of where you went and, you know, what I need to do? So he sent me the info and right away I looked it up and I looked at their next retreat states had just been posted. So it was kind of like, what are the chances that here I have the opportunity to go to a retreat within six weeks? And it's available. And it's available and it's close by and it's not like I have to travel to the Amazon jungle to do it and I don't have to, you know, leave my family for a large amount of time yeah because I feel like a lot of um like it's been made popular on certain tv shows like right. the Chelsea Handler one yes and she had to travel down to, to south. Peru uh, didn't she go to Peru yeah like south down south yeah. to do it so yeah the fact that it was just kind of like laid out in front of you and easy and accessible yeah and it's just like that's I think that's the way things work you know like in the alchemist it always talks about there's something your heart truly wants the universe will conspire in your favor whatever it is okay, right because i bought powerball tickets tonight so. <laughs> i was thinking about it and i gotta tell you i did <laughs> about, about why i should have bought some because everything today has monetarily has gotten some surprises i've never in my life bought powerball lottery but right now what what the hell's the chance like why not yeah okay. i just so um okay. anyway <laughs> so this ceremony space was um it was a three-day ceremony weekend. So in preparation for this, I had to do what they call a dieta. Now, if you go down to the Amazon, it's a very strict dieta. Like, you don't eat salt. You don't consume sugar. You don't consume alcohol. You don't have sex. You don't, like, there's so many things. You don't wash yourself with chemicals. Like, it's really gnarly and intense. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll do that. I eased into it. And you know what? It was so, like, what I took away from it was how much like when I have a motivation to cut something out because there's a bigger motive for it yeah I was able I mean as soon as I found out that I was going to do this I cut out cannabis I cut out literally it was like okay I'm preparing my body for something intense because the cleanest you come to ceremony is the best way for you to actually go on a journey that's going to be healing you can get to it because a lot of people if you don't do this dieta you spend most of your time physically purging because your body's dirty. Yeah, and that makes sense, too, because it's like, when do you feel your best is when you cut all those things exactly. out. So if you want to go into something, getting the best out of it, the thing to do would be to cut just prepare your body. <clears throat> Absolutely. And that, and that even, like, my... So what I liked about the place was that they had an integration call beforehand. This is what you should expect. Um, even starting already talking about the post-ceremony integration, which is was like, I didn't even know what that meant at that time. Now I'm like, okay, it makes sense that they talked about that. But they were like, you know, even the things that you consume, what you read, what you watch, like these are all things that are going to get stored in your mind. So if you are super sensitive, cut out for me, it was like, I couldn't watch certain shows because I know I'm a vivid dreamer. And if I'm a vivid dreamer, that means it's going to come out somewhere. Yeah. You know, the day came and I'm like driving out there and I'm like, what the fuck am I about to do? Like, where am I going to go? I'm so afraid of the chance that my brain just does something that can't be reversed. Cause you hear about that, you know, cause yeah. it's like, if you have a little crack in your brain, 
in this psychosis kind of section, it'll crack it open. Yeah. So there's a lot you have to consider, you know, so I don't say it lightly. Like if you ever do ayahuasca, you need to make sure you receive the personal call from the grandmother that says it's time. Otherwise, don't do it. If you're just there for the psychedelic trip, I strongly advise against leading into the weekend. Like I got there early and I'm sitting in my car like I didn't even know what to do. I I couldn't even journal. I couldn't. I I had all these things that I was going to do to prepare and I was just so nervous. And so I see a couple of other cars pull up and I'm like, okay, more people are getting here because, of course, I'm always early. So I wait, of course, it takes one person to open their car door and then we and all then come everybody. out, right? So it's like three of us walking, which is not, and, and the thing is too, like these two guys that first got there are people then that were a big instrumental part of my weekend, you know? And it was like, there's just no coincidences. Yeah. Uh, for some reason you gravitate towards the people that you gravitate towards, you know? So we get out and we're walking towards the ceremony space, the house and with a barn on it. So the ceremony space is actually takes place in the barn. And so we're walking towards and one of the guys goes, oh, I didn't um, tell my parents what I was doing this weekend. And then the other one's like, oh, it's my I think it was his third time there. And we're like, oh, OK, like and it's my first time. So I'm like, OK, like what are we in for? You know? Yeah. So we go into the ceremony space and it was, we were the only ones there. So we got to pick where we got to put our stuff down on all these mats. Now there were mats all over this barn. Yeah. And so I get in there, I set my stuff down and then you go out and you had a lot of time to mingle because I was there early. And what I realized we were on Taita time, which is, you know, the shaman's time yeah because nothing really went as scheduled yeah so I was like of course like I'm already nervous and now it's taking longer and we're supposed to be drinking by nine o'clock and it's like already 9 35 and he's not here and it was like my mind was just racing but I was meeting some people as they came and like you instantly connect with certain people Mm -hmm. so it was like okay like once we sat down on our mats and it was like okay it's ceremony starting we're gonna start with a guided um EMDR session. And it was, I can see why EMDR therapy is so beneficial because like the process he walked us through. Now, this is a world renowned EMDR therapist works with Whittier College and they're studying psychedelics to help with trauma and like PTSD and all kinds of things. Right. So they have you fill out a questionnaire and, um, he starts the session. So that was like about an hour long. And then after that, it was an hour and a half of a guided breath work. And I'm not talking like, like, that sounds exhausting. Light inhale, exhale. No, it was like, you know, I'm no newbie to intense breath work, but this breath work was one of the most, now this is completely sober. One of the most psychedelic experiences I've had other than the actual psychedelics I've done. Oh, wow. Like it's, it's insane how breathing certain ways, because they say that within your own body, you you um, have DMT in it already. It's just... You have to bring it out. You have to bring yeah. it out. So this breath work does that. And you're wearing blindfolds the whole time you're... Oh. There's something really just like nurturing about that where you can feel free to cry. Like, I, I've never heard so many collective people cry 
and the type of cry it was, it was like so much releasing. Oh, wow. And there were times where he would instruct us to scream. Like there were two scream instructions and the kinds of screams that came out of people and that came out of myself were guttural. They were releasing. They were like gut-wrenching screams like when do you ever give yourself permission to have a full-on scream out yeah no and especially as you become adults like kids and less kids use that to like get their frustration out but it's taught like don't do that so yeah when's the last time i mean i guess there are those like people that are yellers right and couples that are screamers at each other but i'm not i can't remember the last time i screamed and i can't tell you how good that felt like There were parts of my body where I could feel all this tension, all this pressure. It was so weird how the places that I already know that I have aches and pains and things that are stored were where I felt pain and where I felt twitches and where I felt like my body literally like undulated, like my back was like, like arched, like my hands were like claws. Yeah. Yeah, And my jaw tightened and I didn't know that it was going to be so powerful. So after the breath work, we all kind of sat back up. They brought us back to a reality. And it was like, okay, the ceremony is going to really begin now. So the Taita walks in, but he's walking around and he's shaking this thing and he's brushing these things that sound like. Ch-ch-ch-ch. So already the room changes, right? And yeah. we're all just like, okay, here we go. And so he starts off with, he's carrying the ayahuasca in a, like a pitcher. And he takes it up to the table. There's a whole altar set up and all the traditional things. Now there's facilitators in the room that are also drinking, but they only drink one cup of it. So they kind of are energetically in it with you. So he starts to do his blessing over the ayahuasca. And it's a really beautiful, like, uh, sound with music and with, um, like, just his blessings over it. So he's blessing it. And it's just like, like, after that, it was just like, okay, those of you that have never had ayahuasca before, like form a file, you know, like a single file line. So we get in line and then from there he just starts serving. And one of the things that we were told was for you to come up and receive your cup, you need to look at Taita in his eyes. And he does like a energetic reading on like literally he sees through your soul. So he that's how he dictates how much medicine you're getting. So you can see where some people he would pour a little bit less, some he would pour a little bit more. And these are just like little red solo shop glasses, right? So I get up there and I'm like so nervous, but I'm like, I, I came to do the work and this is what it is. So, you know, my intention going in, I had several intentions, but one of them was like to let go and surrender, trust and surrender, you know, like, and that's leaving it wide open. Like, I know, I feel like I would be like, are you sure? Did you get the right <laughs> amount? Like, did you look at me yeah, properly? This yeah, seems like, like do a lot. Again? And actually people with that were, that were wearing glasses, like had to take their glasses off because there's a, well, you know, a yeah. that's a barrier. So yeah. like, I had always heard that it was hard to keep, like it tasted awful and it like it was hard to keep down. It actually didn't taste terrible. So I just drank it and I was like, okay, now I'm going back to my mat. And I just sat there. Like you're supposed to kind of like sit in meditation, try to sit up as long as possible so that because if you lay down too soon, you could get nauseous and throw it up. Some people threw it up immediately like they could not. I think just knowing what you were in for. They were like, nope. So we were told if you throw up immediately, um, Taita will either call you right back up 
or he'll let you sit for a little bit and then he'll come get you when he thinks you're ready. So I go back to my mat, really getting into a meditation state, like just breathing and looking around and like, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect, you know? So within like 45 minutes or so, I start to feel kind of like a little bit light. I feel it in my neck where I'm like, it just feels like something's happening. Mm -hmm. And then Titus says out loud, second cup. And you're just like, huh? what? Like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for second cup. Cause it's like, he knows the timing. Yeah. Right. So like, okay, here we go. So I get up, I go wait in line for my second cup. And within 10 minutes of second cup, it was like, I blasted off. But before I blasted off, like as I'm blasting off, there's somebody in the left rear corner that starts to say, I love you guys so much. <laughs> and we're like, okay, he's feeling it. And then like, he goes from, I love you guys so much in a normal tone to like, almost like a louder, more almost obsessive, like, like it was surprising him how he was feeling. So he'd go, I love you guys so much. And then he'd go, oh, wow. Oh, whenever you tell the story, I think of Buddy the Elf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Santa's coming. Exactly. I know him. Exactly. That's yeah. kind of the energy it was. Yeah. It was like. And like, like why is no one else he, right, excited? No, exactly. Yeah. And so I think, and you can see the people around him are like, you know, they're kind of like looking at him like, okay, what's happening? And then he finally says it one last <laughs> time, super loud. Like the first thing we were told was, okay, our neighbors know what's happening here. Um, but we do have neighbors, you yeah. know, so try not to scream because it scares them and they had horses. And yeah. so it was like, you know, just be mindful. So just try to keep it down as much as possible. The last one, it was like every, every person on that street, I'm sure heard. Okay. And so there was this guy in front of him that was like, yeah, man, we know. Like, <laughs> like it wasn't his first rodeo. So he kind of had like that, you know, He's trying to do his thing. Yeah. He doesn't want to be interrupted. Like, he's just getting into his groove. Yeah. But within a few minutes, it turns into something almost like circus nightmare kind of energy yeah. starts coming in. Like because too much. He starts kicking his legs and flailing. And it was like, what's happening? The Taita is signaling to the facilitators, please go over there and help him out. Yeah. Because like, he was still serving some people, right? Okay. It's still second cup. So yeah. there was... 40 people in the room actually it ended up being 40 people. Oh, wow. Okay. So it was full. And so he's still serving. So they're trying to calm him down and it's like, he's not calming down. So finally they end up just picking him up Four grown men, picking him up and they take him out. And we're just like, <sighs> because you could feel the energy just changing in the room. It went from calm and meditative to like very, intense. A very intense and a little bit like, like the jokester fucking like, yeah feeling and so once they took him out the energy calmed down again taito walks around the room he always had this uh his, his sidekick walking around with a almost like sage but he was constantly walking around behind him like cleansing spaces and doing what he needed to do and within a few minutes everything just calmed back down most of us were laying down at this point because you start to go into a trance and my first, like, I realized I was going in there with my eyes closed. I was experiencing, like, fractals, colors, kaleidoscope, like, broken kaleidoscopes, uh, lots of burgundies, creams, blues. Like, I could just see these things. And then I started getting glimpses of, like, blues and purples, like, all kind of just taking over my mind. So I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. 
And then I started to see these Harlequin type clowns. I realized now that I've had time to process yeah. what they were. They were Harlequins. Okay. That were, had like these long stretchy necks kind of just like coming to tease me. Like, we're going to fuck with you. And I had thankfully done some research on this. Whatever entities come during this time, you have the power to say, no, I'm not here for you. Yeah. I don't want to entertain you. And if there are some that you were curious about, okay, t- show me what it's like to be you. Yeah. So these automatically gave me a really not good feeling, not a good yeah. feeling. And now I know why, because it's directly connected to one of my intentions going there, which was to understand at what point my relationship shifted with my father. And like my specific question was, when did my dad stop showing me he loved me, his little girl, you know? And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, that was the first thing that came up after those Harlequins. And um I had my puke bucket in my lap and I was, if I closed my eyes, if I opened my eyes, I was present where I was. If Mm -hmm. I closed my eyes to purge and seeing that led me into this fear loop. And it was a fear loop connected to my dad because those were the thoughts I was having. I started to go into this repetitive purge. I couldn't stop it. The fear was building and I couldn't, I didn't know what I needed to think about to get me out of that. Yeah. Before I know it, Taita is behind me and he puts a hand on the back of my head and a hand on the front of my head. And all I could feel was like this intense heat and warmth from his hands. He's singing a song about fathers and their children. Oh. And I'm like, like, this is for me. Yeah. Like he sensed where I was. Yeah. And where I was feeling fear and he came right over to like help me. So he keeps singing and he's just like shh 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 shh. You know, along with that, mm-hmm. like 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 he's rocking me to sleep kind of a thing. Yeah. And that's exactly what he did. He put my hands over my heart. He laid me down on my mat. And then I felt like a sense of relief. Okay, I was done with that fear. I got the clear answer of where my dad stopped loving me mm-hmm. or showing me he loved me. Yeah. In my 10-year-old self. And then I was laid down to sleep. Now, I probably dozed off for a little bit. I don't know. There's no concept of time. Yeah. But when I came back to... Because the thing with ayahuasca is that it takes you in and out of rides. You're on this roller coaster. So you're not in a constant state. You're here and you're there yeah. at the same time. So in the in-between, I was resting. And then my next wave was like just going through the closest people in my life. My mom, my dad, my sister, my husband, my kids. And, my, and then it was like almost like an individual checklist off of where I am with each one and a repetitive asking for forgiveness, saying, I'm sorry, um, saying, I love you. And also giving forgiveness, right? It's like, I forgive. I love you. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know? And I did that with like all these people that just were popping in my head. And then I just came to the realization, like everybody's just doing the best they can, you know? And just realizing that this is where we are, like everything starts and ends with us and how we choose. Yes, something could have happened that was traumatic. But if you're choosing to stay in that and continue to suffer from that same thing, Mm -hmm. it's you. You are the beginning and you are the end. So what are you choosing to put into, right? 
And so just like once I had that realization, it was like, everybody's doing the best they can. Like, it's okay. And there was so much like, like, it was just light. It was just like the lightest feeling I've ever felt so much love, so much compassion, not just for everybody else. But this is what it truly feels like to have self-compassion, right? It's like just releasing that. It's crazy too, because it seems like such a simple concept to understand. Yes. But But I feel like that was how I was when I went to therapy and had that moment with her and she explained it. And I was like, yeah, oh my gosh, you've solved my world problems. And then I'm like, looking back, I'm like, it wasn't that hard. It wasn't that hard. Like, how could I not figure that out myself? But sometimes you just need something else to help you get to that. Exactly. And that's what this did. And it was like, it completely removes the veil off. Or it picked up the rug that you sweep all that shit under. Yeah. And it was like, like, here it is. Here it is. Yeah. And you know what? You can take ownership. Yeah. And that was so beautiful. Yeah. To feel that without the strings attached of it. Like, oh, I'm I'm not going to feel like I'm a piece of shit when I make mistakes because I'm human. And that's Mm -hmm. what it means to be human is to make mistakes, right? Like I'm here doing the work. So I am going to make mistakes. So then after that, it was my night one journey was beautiful. I got to enjoy the music. I got to watch other people enjoying their, like some people were really struggling and some people were really rejoicing. They were smiling. They were laughing. They were dancing. Like it was really beautiful. And then when I felt finally like I was done, I put on my blindfolds and I laid down to go to sleep. Then I don't know when I started to feel sick again. And I was like, no, because it literally just like I needed to purge again. So I sit up and my neighbor next to me was this big six foot five man that was just curled up in a fetal position. He was just I could hear him going, oh, like grunting, like almost like the sounds that we make when we're in labor. Okay. And I was like, this isn't even me that I'm feeling this like. This feeling is him. Now I, now he needs to purge. He's not letting his shit go. And so I'm like, now I'm back into the purging, right? Finally get sick of that feeling. And I look over like just in his direction and his back is to me. So he didn't see my face. And I'm like in my puke bucket and I'm like, you gotta let go. (laughs) And I went into this, you gotta let go loop. Now, was I really telling him or was I also telling myself? I think everything that I felt for other people, I was feeling for myself, right? And he, it goes for, I don't know how long and he's still not get like letting go. So I just put my, at this point, I put my earplugs in and I'm like, I can't hear him suffering. So I'm just, I just need to go to sleep and I need this night to be done. So I end up falling asleep. I don't know what time it was. Couldn't have been long because I want to say I was awake. The time I woke up was like a little bit before sunrise. Okay. So I'm thinking... I probably slept an hour and a half max. You'd think you'd be exhausted, but you're not. But you are, like in a in more an emotional way. Um, I was one of the first people awake. That's not a surprise because no. <laughs> you it's know not. me and my 4 a.m. wake up calls, 4.30. So was, basically I was up. I decide to, I need to take a shower. I need to go sit by the fire and I need to journal. And people start trickling out. Then we all kind of just like, start sharing how how was your night and it's amazing how when you know you're there for the same reason how open people are to sharing their experience and how like people are willing to be vulnerable and they were crying and they were needing a hug and they were you know like 
they were just raw and yeah. I've never been in a space where everyone just feels that no way. and it was really beautiful to have experienced that with these people but you know it's like so then after that like people started trickling out and we're all kind of processing in our different ways and then they have a specific time for, like they set up food like pretty much nuts and berries all weekend um you want to stay as energetically clean as possible but you also need to eat because you need to have energy for the following ceremony yeah so just knowing you're going into night two is like holy shit i gotta do this all over again but during the day they had a post-integration so where they break you up into groups and you're talking to the facilitators about what you experienced how you're gonna go through it was it really this or is it that like they're just kind of bouncing back with you and you're doing it within a group so some people's experience over here is also like a question you had or something you experienced. You're like, oh. There's so much in the collective, yeah. like that you can almost like everybody was feeling the same energy just in different ways. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was really beautiful to hear everybody just be raw and, um, and share. Like, I, I just think that that's the most unifying thing that people that I think that we could take away from this is that the more we share our struggles, the less difficult relationships will be as a whole, or even the, the stranger passerby experience, because once you realize that everybody is operating out of some sort of trauma and you come with compassion, you can't be angry at anybody. Yeah. And right? also on the flip side, like feeling like you have to be this perfect person. Like yeah, if you it, just are aware that everyone is feeling that way, then you it don't totally to... takes that out of the window. Yeah. Like you don't even have to worry anymore. Yeah. And so it just gives you permission to be human. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> what a concept. Like, what a concept. <laughs> right. But here we are now preparing for night two. <laughs> and did it feel like a really long day? Oh, it was the endless day. It was. So you just. You're literally wait around. Wait I mean, around. obviously you do like, and, and so we stuff, had the but... talking, we had an ice bath. Oh, yeah. we had, um, lunch where basically you're just talking yeah. the entire time and there's people playing music. So that's beautiful. It breaks it up. Um, so you're just, it's really interesting how quickly little groups formed of like, this is where I'm gravitating. And, um, yeah, so you're just talking. And then they had also, um, they had a person there doing like, there's a, a spoon releasing method, almost like cupping where it releases. Okay. I think yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. So she was there doing that and there was another person doing another kind of body work. And then there was another guy, he was doing energetic body work where he drinks ayahuasca and you're sober and he can see where you have stagnant oh. energy. So he moves it. Okay. So I had a session with him right before I was the last one he had been doing. Like I had a whole schedule that day and I was the last one. I thought maybe I would have to roll over to the next day, but he had time. And so in that we went into this space and he quickly zeroed in on my womb space, which was one of my intentions was I want to connect with my own womb space that has tons of scarring from my pregnancies, from maybe my mother's birth of, with me from a sexual past, right? Like yeah. there's a lot stored there. And he quickly said, it feels like you have like pebbles all oh. in your, like he was like feeling around. He's like, it feels like you have tons of little pebbles in there. So he was like working them out. 
And then he picked up on some stuff like in my back, which I have tons of back issues from a car accident. Yeah. So he was working those out and I could feel like stuff releasing and moving. It was really bizarre, but it was like, and then names that he was picking up on names. Oh, wow. And I was like, one of the names he said is like a Jeanette, a Jeanette. And I was like, could it be Janine? Because that's my oldest daughter's middle name. And he was like, yeah, that's possible. He's like, I don't know what it means, but it's coming up. So I'm like, one of my biggest intentions with my womb space was going back to heal myself with my pregnancy with Alexia. Yeah. It was very traumatic. I was 19. I was in a bad relationship. Um, I lost relationship with my parents over it. So much yeah. heaviness around my pregnancy. And a lot of it was like wanting to ask for forgiveness with Alexia because I feel like a lot of the things that she deals with energetically, her anxiety, depression, things are all stemming and really replicate the way my pregnancy was with her. It was a very dark time. And um, I feel so responsible for that, you know? So it was like, I needed to do a lot of healing around that. So I went into night two with womb space on my mind. And let me tell you, (laughs) I started off with being in a really light space. The music was uplifting, really great. I was dancing. I was just feeling like I needed to like move energy in my body. And that's what I was doing, which was preparing me for what was to come. And I don't even didn't realize it at the moment, but now like we know in tribes, you know, women that are birthing dance Mm -hmm. before, right. To prepare their hips and for like, there's a lot of undulating and like almost like twerking, like, but I I wasn't like twerking, but it was like, you know, I was just like really free flowing. All the things we've talked about ecstatic dance. Yes. All the things they don't let you do in the Western. No, not at all. So I, I felt like, okay, so I laid back down, the music changed. I was like, this is my cue to lay down. And so I laid down and I'm watching this musician behind me. She is from Kazakhstan, just beautiful, long, dark black hair with a voice like an angel. And I remember when she started singing, I, I just like, I just whispered, like, you have an angel's voice. And I, she whispered, thank you. <laughs> and I was like, you know, like, here we, here we go. So I started that night for some reason. It, I didn't get so many visuals in my head, but it was visuals within my hands. Oh, I was watching my hands. I like, like if you moved it, it had like that, you know, like wave-like thing behind it. Yeah. What would you call that? Almost like a rainbow. Yeah. Like, you know, like a you see boy. in movies, yeah. like, so that's what it was. And then if I put my hands together, it became one. And then my fingers would grow really long and then it would like become like trees. And it was so beautiful to just watch how my hand became a bird and like, <laughs> like all of these random. So I'm like, literally, so I was thinking like the people behind me are probably having just so like, much fun Whoa. watching me. Like, like, I was just like this, <laughs> right? And then, and then I start to touch my hair and I was like, wow, like it feels like a shag rug that's endless. And I was like, literally just like massaging my head. This hair became like long wefts of Rapunzel hair. Okay. Okay. Then I touched my face. Okay. It was like, what is this flesh? It becomes like a putt. It, it became like a pile of Play-Doh putty oh. 
that I couldn't tell where my eyes were from my nose, from my mouth. It was all just mush, right? <laughs> so I'm like touching my face and I'm t- and going into that ceremony, there was a girl two spaces over. She said, take off your earrings tonight. She says, I feel like you need to touch your face, oh. which is weird. Oh. I'm like, okay. So that's what I ended up doing. Yeah. I'm touching my face and I'm just like going into all this, right? And then once I get over that, I just zone into the music so much so that I sit up, I turn around and face the girl that's playing the music and I'm just like staring at her (laughs) and just in awe of the sound that is coming out of this person. How can someone sound so angelic? And you can feel the vibration of the medicine working through her because she drank. Yeah. All the musicians are under medicine. So within moments, she starts her long, dark hair becomes long, white hair. And she gets old. And it was my great-grandmother. So my mom's mom's mom. Okay. Who I remember because I got to meet her. And she had long, white, beautiful silver hair. And I remember sitting with her as a kid, holding the skin on her hands. And watching. You know how when old people get old, do you lose the elasticity? It stays up. So I used to watch to see how long it would take to go flat. (laughs) And so instantly I'm like watching her become my great grandma Tilda and I'm just like, oh, I like I wanted to see her. And because I went in with the intention of healing my womb space, it's obvious I connected to my mom's side, yeah. right? Because that's the woman lineage. And so within moments, it quickly switches to she becomes her normal self again, but I'm feeling my grandmother's energy, who I wasn't super close with because I feel like she had... She was like the tattletale grandma, the the one I wasn't close with. Um, she really was like my mom's other eye, but like in a way where it was like, like I didn't feel I love safe. from her. Yeah. I didn't feel love from her in that sort of lovey way like I did with my, my dad's mom. Mm-hmm. But I was connecting to her energy. And before I know it, I feel like I'm my mom oh. and I am birthing myself. Oh. So I go... Like without even thinking, I'm I start to sit in my mat like I'm giving birth. Like my legs are open, I'm reclined on pillows, like literally like I'm giving birth. And I'm like, what is happening here? Like I couldn't even help it, but I'm also really aware of what my intention was. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just gonna let this ride. And I wanted to know what my mom felt like in my pregnancy and her pregnancy with me. And I feel like I wasn't connecting with that. So there I got to take control and I go, you know what? She's not ready to let me in there. I am going to birth myself from a pace of love and peace. Because from what I know, my birth was not peaceful, nor was I peaceful coming out. Because now knowing what I've heard through the grapevine that my dad's first words were, oh, it's another girl. So just already feeling shamed for being the wrong sex that my, like not living up to my dad's expectation. I was supposed to be a boy. Yeah. My mom knitted a blue blanket. I literally was supposed to be a boy. So just like being able to take the control and say, I'm going to birth myself from this place because this is what I need to do for my healing. I literally am going through the motions of breathing through a contraction. And I, and I said in my head, this is it. And I birthed myself. I could feel a release in my pelvis. It was very bizarre. And then within seconds, I'm in fetal position on my mat. 
And I felt like a baby that's just curled up in fetal position. Like I can't even describe it any other way. Yeah. I was peaceful. I almost didn't have thoughts. Like it was like everything there. was just quiet, mm-hmm. but I felt loved and I felt, and then that led me into like, I was like, okay, this is done. <laughs> I just rebirthed myself. <laughs> How wonderful. So I'm going to sit up and I look up at this tapestry on the barn and it's a hummingbird. Instantly I'm connected to my sister because my sister has always told me if I ever got a tattoo, I would want a hummingbird. Okay. I don't know what they signify for her yet. I need to dig a little bit more. But weren't you also scared of hummingbirds? Yes. Yeah. Which is another thing, which Mm -hmm. is like, why a hummingbird? And why is it my sister? And why did my channeling here? So I go into a full on really having a dialogue with my sister about her own healing that needs to happen and the things that she needs to let go of and into her just her stuff that yeah. I know of right like mm-hmm. and so I just told her like you gotta let it go yeah like you gotta let go it's time like this is dragging you down you are ready to be free of this weight that you're carrying right and so then after that it was like a repetitive cycle of um, you need to let go. You're loved. You are whole. You need to let go. You are loved. You are whole. And it was like this loop. Right. And so once I was done with that, like, it's so weird how like it just comes and it goes like, like everything works in its moment. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when it's time to move on. Yeah. So from there I moved on to my relationship with Will and, things that we have and then deeper connections into things that I think he needs to let go of. And it was weird how I was receiving these messages for other people. Yeah. And I feel like it's been very instrumental, like in the post ceremony to be able to talk about some of these things. Yeah. And kind of know where they're coming from. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and but also not know where they're coming yeah. from. It's like, this is what I can share with you. I don't know what it means, but I just feel like you need to look at this. Yeah. Right. So once I was done with that, it was the same thing like night one where I let it go. It was blissful. It was light. It was music. It was like, it was just really beautiful. Yeah. And I felt whole and loved and everything. So then I go to sleep and it's almost the same thing. Like the next day, you know, people are trickling out again. I'm the first person awake. Yeah. And, um, the, that second day, this, the integration was a little bit different with a different person and his approach was entirely different. It was more like the other guy was more first day for me was more, um, in your head, like actual processing steps where the second facilitator was like, so whatever group you were with the first day you swapped. Okay. Second facilitator was like, let's go. We're going to put our feet in the earth. And his process was let's unite with breath, with meditation. We're going to do a tune in. And then he invited us to pick up dirt and rub it in our hands and smell it. And then we set into, let's talk about what you experienced. So it's very grounding. Yeah. And um, we all talk, we take turns and we all talk. And um, his, he was like the heart. I felt like the other one was the head and he was the heart. That was like bringing the experience together. Yeah. Everything has a purpose. And um, we all kind of go through and we share. And it's really heartbreaking when you hear like someone say, Aya told me, I have nothing for you. Like, hmm. but also he took it as like, 
there, I, I can't be helped from this, but it's also like, no, you need to help yourself. Yeah. And so it was really amazing to see this transformation in this man from the first night where he was almost so shy and so reserved that he was like one of these people that like, like his body language was closed and scared. And if he could have hid under a hood, he would have didn't speak very much. Like it would look at you and like dart down to the end of the weekend. Even after him sharing that, like it, it, facilitator started with him and he goes, can you go to somebody else? But by that time we're all done sharing, he had the courage to say, Aya told me she had nothing for me. Okay. It was like how empowering that was to watch him be able to just get the sentence out. Yeah. Right. And to see a broken man, almost childlike say, my mommy can't help me. Yeah. Right. And that's what the energy felt like. So closing that ceremony was very, that ceremony of like sharing was very intentional with, again, let's get back rooted in the earth. Remember where we come from, remember where we go. And you need to do the work while you're here on this earth with the soil. Mm -hmm. Right. So we end with that. And then again, we got to do ice baths and have time to chill out. And I did a little bit of yoga because I just felt like I hadn't moved. And I was feeling so stuck in my head with all the stuff that I was just like, I needed to work some of it out through movement. So I did that. And then going into that day was going to be our last day. And we're doing a daytime ceremony. It was supposed to start around noon. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have as much time to kind of process because checkout supposed to be 9 p.m. that night. Okay. So like my biggest concern was, am I going to be okay to leave at 9 o'clock? Like, yeah. And so we go into day three ceremony and it's very different because it was daytime and it was raining it was a storm came so like you could hear the rain and a whole different energy but the ceremony starts and again he goes with blessing the medicine and doing you know first cup now the first night first sec first and second night some people didn't feel anything oh yeah wow so he starts off day three with those people that didn't start feel anything he does a whole like third eye opening ceremony for them where he's using this stuff called Florida water. It's like a mixture of different herbs and stuff that are grown in the same area where the um, ayahuasca is grown. And it's like, it's like preserved. So I don't know. He does this whole ritual with that and he's preparing these people to open up their third eyes for the ceremony. So first cup comes, we take our first cup. I started to feel it much quicker this time. So before he even called second cup, I was already feeling first cup. And it went into a very light experience at first. And then I, this one, we were encouraged to go outside and be in nature and like, you know, look at the trees and look at the sun and just like experience the grass. And, you know, so everybody was kind of out on the grass on their, they had yoga mats set up and blankets and hammocks and like, you had enough space to like just space yourself out and the music was going inside. So I finally make my way outside and I am just like in awe of the grass and how green it is and how it's like all living and breathing. And I'm looking at the bark and I'm listening to the birds and I'm just really having a beautiful experience, like basking in nature and how alive it is and how connected we are to it when we don't realize we don't give ourselves enough of a chance to connect with 
you know, we're always wearing shoes and socks and clothes. We don't connect to earth and how important it is. And then, so I'm like, oh, this is perfect to close up day three. Then I go into, like, I'm sitting there and I just get filled with grief, like so much sadness, thinking about my mom, feeling frustrated that she didn't protect us from my dad, feeling like, um, like all the things that, like, just as a person, I feel like she failed me. Yeah. And so much sadness. And then I go back to, but she's doing the best she can. Yeah. So then I release that, but then it turns into, I start to have these flies land on me because I'm outside. And within minutes, I'm like so fucking frustrated that these flies are landing on me. I know. It's like annoying in a regular Exactly. And so I'm like, like I start shooing these flies off of me every time they land on me. And I feel this rage start to bubble up in me like I've never felt before. And the closest thing I can say to it, it's like when when my dog makes a mess of something and I just feel that rage, but I can't take it out on the damn dog. Yeah. So it just lives in me, right? So it's like that kind of feeling times a thousand. I have never felt this kind of rage. So I start to grab the grass and I'm like holding on to the grass like for dear life as I'm like going through these grunting sounds like, oh, like <laughs> I was just like doing that repetitively. Yeah. So much so that I start to cry out of anger because for me, the easiest way to cry is out of anger. I rarely ever cry. Well, up until recently, I didn't cry out of sadness and I didn't cry out of feeling something like a grief. I cry out of anger, frustration. Yeah. Like it's easier for me to do that. So I just start to cry out of anger and it was around my dad. And it was like, how could he have done this to our family? How could he have put us through what he put us through. Yeah. How can he reject me as his daughter? How like, so I just start to go through all these things that I personally hold on to. And feeling that kind of rage was so powerful in the sense that I was like, I can't live with this anymore. Yeah. I can't let everything I do be dictated by this anger that started to blow up in other parts of my life like yeah and it is, didn't just come to yeah. you it's been in you and that's it's been living in me my whole life that. yeah and I was just like having the thought like Yesenia you need to let this go like this isn't serving you this anger is not serving you and it's the reason why you are where you are why all the difficult things that are happening have happened it's because of this anger you gotta let it go yeah and just like that as soon as I said you I'm releasing this anger. It was gone. It was like the medicine. I was sober. And I was like, what was that? Like that was literally what I needed to wrap up my weekend was releasing the anger. And I didn't realize everything leading up to day three ceremony was to release anger. Because how can I release anger if I don't feel compassion, if I don't feel forgiveness, if I don't feel all these other things. Learn how to get there. Right. So it was such a gradual step. And so I released the anger and I'm sober and I'm sitting there (laughs) and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? (laughs) I could still see everybody in their trances. And it really does feel like watching everybody in momentary insanity. And I'm like, I was just in that like two (laughs) seconds ago. Like I was having a whole thing where if I was on a street in Laguna Beach, 
like would think you're the on pet drugs. team would have come and taken me to Will's unit. <laughs> like, no joke. Yeah. So I start to just sit there and I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? What have I done? Like, I start to go into this other fear loop. So maybe I was still under the medicine a little bit. Yeah. Right? Obviously. But now another fear of anxiety and stuff is coming up. So I'm like, I need to leave here as quick as possible. So I um, I go back in the the tent, the the barn to grab my notebook and I am like starting to like right away and one of the facilitators is walking by and I'm like hey <laughs> and he's like yep he's like and I said when's the soonest I can leave <laughs> and I, no the first thing I said was like I'm good, <laughs> I'm good. I'm and he's good. Like, he looks at me like yeah you're good and I'm like yeah I got what I needed <laughs> and I'm done like when can I go and he was like he looks at his watch and he's like, yeah, you got to wait a couple hours at least. And I was like, a couple hours? Like, I'm ready to go now. I'm ready to get out of this insanity now, right? And it's just like, oh, that was a whole nother, like, le- layer of letting go and surrendering. Like, yeah. I'm not done with my process yet. You're not in yet. control of this. I'm not in control of this. Yeah. Just as I'm saying that, the guy on the other side of the tree of, is now who I consider a, a friend, right? Yeah. Like. He goes, I'm with you, Senya. Why do people do this shit? <laughs> he was one of the people that didn't feel anything the first two nights. Oh, He's wow. like, I finally felt it. Why do people do this? <laughs> Why do people keep doing this? And so we're kind of talking and we're like, you're not supposed to talk, right? Because yeah. you can interfere with other people's mm-hmm. processes. So he, he tells us, uh, shh, you guys, people are still processing. So we're like, okay. And he's like wrapped up in a blanket and I'm wrapped up in a blanket. And we're like looking at each other past this tree. <laughs> and it's like. <laughs> like I'm ready to go. Like, how do we sneak out? Yeah, of here? how do we sneak out of here? You make a plan, okay? <laughs> and so, at that point, I decided I need to just get away as far away as possible from everybody still on their journeys yeah. because I felt like I could now feel everybody else's stuff. Like yeah, first and you night, want to be? Yeah, and I didn't want to be. So, because I, I was done, I, I I could feel that I was done. Yeah. So I go make my way to the fire pit and I'm just sitting there by the fire pit and I'm looking out and it's sunset now. And it's like, okay, like how much longer do I need to wait? (laughs) And as I'm sitting there, more people start to come and I start to talk and I'm like, how are you feeling? I'm really ready to go. Are you really ready to go? (laughs) But I'm like, I didn't want to feel like I was shitting on the process. But now I'm like, I'm just ready to go. And um, the closing ceremony was supposed to be at... um, at nine o'clock. And I was like, I, I'm not going to make it. There was supposed to be a whole meal and everything, which I'm glad I waited because Taita ended up coming out and like joining us by the fire. And I got to ask questions. And I feel like I, if I had left earlier than that, I wouldn't have felt like I could ever do this again. Okay. But having him sit with us and we got real deep, really quick. Um, I was just asking so many questions and everyone was just kind of like leaning in because I was firing them off. <laughs> And, um, he answered so many things that I was like, this is a really great process. It's very hard, yeah, but it's a really great process. And I think that if people were willing to do the work prior to doing something like this, um, you could really benefit from it. Yeah. You know? So I, um, I feel like we have to do a part two, <laughs> um, I feel like, so I waited till the dinner. I ate dinner. 
which I was like, I was ravished. That was the first day we we're going to have, be able to have seafood. <laughs> they were going to give us seafood okay. uh, for those of us that ate that weren't vegan. And, um, I served myself up like a normal plate. I was able to eat like a portion of it. Like, like, like this yeah. much. I was so sad. <laughs> so I ate that, but I didn't stay for closing ceremony because my heart just wanted to be home with my yeah. kids, with my husband. I just needed to feel them and love them. And like, this was where I was being called. Yeah. So I got in my car right after dinner and I said my byes to my friends and, um, I was driving home and just listening to music. I, I put so funny. I put Alicia Keys radio and the first song was, um, girl on fire. Okay. Isn't that what the song is about? And I was like, this is a really fitting (laughs) song. Like I'm coming out of here feeling empowered and just like, something different just happened back there. And I can't ever fully grasp what might've changed in my brain because of that experience. But I know that it's going to honestly have a long lasting effect on me because already I can see the benefits of it. Like even today I had my first therapy session in three weeks and like, I'm still integrating things every single day and uh, things that are coming up that I'm like being able to place and process through them, you know, and it's like, this is the gift that keeps on giving if you're willing to do the work. Yeah. You know, and that's why now I understand why they say post ceremony is when the real ceremony happens because you have to be, you can see all the things. Yeah. But now you got to get back in the real world. Yeah. And it's as no, to no surprise that we started off with 40 people and we ended up with 22 and because it it gets hard and You know, you, you gotta, you've got to do the work. <laughs> There's no <laughs> beating the work. in the bush. So, okay. You gotta go. Yeah. So that was, in a nutshell, my ayahuasca experience. And I think. We'll, we'll do some questions on Instagram. Yeah. And, and then s- you can come back and. If people want to know, I can questions. answer questions. Um. Overall, I would say it was hands down one of the most transformative experiences of my life. And um, I'm not like eager yet to do another one of these experiences, but I know it will come. Yeah. Um, but I got to wait for that direct call again. Yeah. Like, And that's like an interesting change from when you first came home. Because when yeah. you first came home, you're like, I never do, need to I'm do it again. I'm never doing it again. Yeah. yeah now or that like I've not had even, time, but now you're now like, that I've had okay, time, I'm like, I get it. There's more there. Yeah. This was just the, what they say is ayahuasca just shows you the most important thing at the time. Yeah. And I feel like I did that. Yeah. I and got lives are constantly things. changing and you're constantly going through. So there'll be, there will yeah. always be something to. Yeah. A deeper layers through. of what I already experienced. Yeah. I think that's for sure for a while. I, I don't know. There were people there that have done 30 ceremonies now. Yeah. What are they still experiencing? I don't know, but. I can say for myself, I will do it probably again eventually, but I don't know when and definitely will understand and appreciate the process more of doing the work within therapy and within making changes in my life that fit what I need to do. Yeah. So. All right. Well, next week we will answer your questions and yeah, I'm sure people have lots of things to say. I'm sure. So put it out there, you guys. Follow our Instagram on uh, lifeslemonade.unfiltered. And um, 
We'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much, Lemon Drops. Thank you for joining us this week on our... Oh, no. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on Life's Lemonade Unfiltered, right? Yeah. Okay. Thanks for joining us this week on Life's Lemonade Unfiltered. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at lifeslemonade.unfiltered. And remember, lemon drops, be kind, stay curious, live unfiltered.